Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that we are free. We are free in you. As believers in Christ, Lord, you have changed the story of our lives. And today, Lord, we pray, as we look at your word this morning, that you would speak directly to our hearts. We open up our minds and our thoughts and our hearts to you today. We ask God to shape us and mold us into your image. Help us to become who you've called us to be. We ask you this morning in your powerful name, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. You can take a seat this morning. You look great, sound great, smell great. It's great to be in church together this morning. I want to continue a a message that I did a few weeks ago called, I'm a Believer. I'm a Believer. And I want to do part two of that message today. I am really excited about starting next weekend our Christmas series. And we are going to be tackling Christmas from a whole bunch of different angles. And we've got Anna and Will and myself that are going to be speaking different messages that are tying into that whole series of um, talking about belief and talking about the Christmas story. And so I'm really excited for that. And it's a great time to bring along friends and family. We're going to have a lot of fun things happening in the services over the upcoming weeks and Christmas carols and all those things that happen at Christmas time. It's going to be really special. So I invite you to bring along friends and family to that. It's going to be special. But today I want to speak about this message, I'm a believer, talking about faith that moves you forward. You know, the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. And so there are so many things that we can see in the natural that can be obstacles and barriers to our progress. But we're understanding that as believers in Jesus, we don't see according just to the flesh. We see according to the Spirit. So we start to see things in faith. Now, I believe that this time that we have lived in and lived through in this year has caused a lot of people to get dizzy and to be spun out by the season that we're in. It's caused a lot of people, when I've talked to people about their mental health and I've talked to people about their emotional well-being and, and their faith, a lot of people are dizzy right now. There are a lot of people that are struggling to find their balance again. It's been a time where our spiritual equilibrium has been tested and there's been a lot of people that have struggled. Now it's hard to walk ahead straight in faith when our spiritual equilibrium is not good and you're trying to walk forwards but you're dizzy. Has anyone ever tried to do that before? And it's hard to be able to walk forward confidently and boldly when we feel spiritually dizzy. And so I want to encourage you this morning about some things that are going to help you to be able to stand upright in God and to be able to walk forward in faith and to be strong and to be balanced again in your faith. I think we all need these reminders. It's not just like I'm speaking to one or two people today. I think it's all of us together collectively need to be reminded that we are people of faith. We're faith people. We believe God. We trust God to be able to help us in the seasons of life. And I want to talk particularly about the priorities of faith. Jesus has reminded us when someone asked him, what is the most important thing? And he said, to love God and to love people. Now, we can do a whole bunch of things in church life. But when it comes down to the core, that is what it's about. And that's why through the seasons of these last couple of years, the church has been able to stand strong because the church isn't a church service. 
It isn't a building. It isn't an event or a program or a conference. The church is people, and the church is people connecting with God. And you can't stop us loving God, and you can't stop us loving people. We are the church. God's building His church. And so as we keep focusing on what God calls the priorities to be, it helps us to keep moving forward in faith. And so I want to talk about three signs of our our faith equilibrium is off balance this morning. And then I'm going to give you some things to help you to be balanced. So the first one this morning is this, and I hope you hear my heart. I want to speak to the heart of our church, from my heart to your heart this morning. So hear my heart as I share this this morning. But the first one is this, three signs our faith equilibrium is off balance. Number one, I love the church, but I don't love Jesus. I love the church, but I don't love Jesus. One of the gifts that this season has given us is time to reflect, time to think about what matters most in our life. A lot of people have made big life decisions through this season. A lot of people have reflected upon their faith. A lot of people have been reflecting upon their priorities and what is important and what's in our heart and what is our dreams and where do I want to be and what do I want to do and what's my life about. And it's been a time for us to really reflect through this season about those things. And sometimes we get into rhythms and we forget the reason why we are in those rhythms. And church can be one of those things where we go to church we do the songs that we do at church week in, week out. We have the, the MC time. We have the communion. We have the word. We go and have our coffee afterwards, and then we go on with the rest of our week. We go to our connect group through the week, or we, we just have our general church rhythms, and we can find ourselves loving the church, loving the community, loving the people, loving the connection, loving the social, but we can lose our love for Jesus which is what the church is all about. We're so busy doing church that we forgot to be the church. We're so busy doing services that we forgot the one that we serve. We're so busy just going along with activity, we forget that actually it's about effectively connecting with Jesus. Without me, you can do nothing, Scripture says. Abide in me and I in you, Jesus reminds us that that is the call of the church. Now, our activity is great. Our services are great. The things that we do are great. The community that we have is great. But Jesus reminds us when he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and strength. It would be a tragedy to love the church, but to not love the God of the church. Jesus, and I want to encourage you from the honesty of my heart this morning. God is calling you to relationship. He's not just calling you to attend Sunday services. He's not just calling you to go through the rhythms and the emotions of a church Christian life on the outside. He's wanting to shape you on the inside. And it's an inside job that can only be done from relationship with Him. That relationship with Him changes and transforms more than your activity ever will. Can I encourage you, don't just love the church, love Jesus. Don't forget what the church is all about when it's all stripped away. That beautiful song, I'm sorry Lord for the things I've made it. 
when it's all about you. It's all about you. Coming back to that relationship and intimacy with Jesus. Not forgetting why the church exists. The second thing this morning is this. I love Jesus, but I don't love the church. I love Jesus, but I don't love the church. People at church are annoying. These people, they can frustrate me. Jesus is good. He never offends me. But it's the person sitting next to me that offends me. It's the person that's around me. It's the family of God that sometimes squabbles with me and says things and does things that hurt me and annoy me and frustrate me. And I love Jesus. I haven't got a problem with him. It's just the people that I got a problem with. What about this? I just love to be at home and watch church because I can just have my time there. What about the community of God, the family of God, the people of God, the household of faith, the bride of Christ? What about the fact that God has called us to do life in community? Now, I'm not having a shot this morning at people that are watching online or in person. There is great reasons why people are watching online during this season, and I applaud those decisions. We are one church, whether you're online or in person, but I am just talking about staying connected. I'm not talking about services on a Sunday right here. I'm talking about being the church Loving people, staying connected. You can do that through this season and be online because of health uh, decisions that you need to make. But I'm talking about the fact that we love the church, not the services on Sunday. I'm talking about the people. I'm talking about worshipping God. I'm talking about the fellowship of believers. I'm talking about communion together. I'm talking about being under the word. I'm talking about doing life together and loving people as we should. I'm talking about the importance of that this morning, that we are called to love the church. Jesus refers to the church as the bride of Christ. Now, it would be pretty awkward if you loved me, but you didn't love my wife. I mean, it would be awkward you coming over for dinner. It would be awkward us kind of catching up and you love me, but you don't love her. And I think that's the awkwardness of our faith when we find ourselves in a rhythm where we love Jesus, but we forget the importance of loving the church, loving people, loving the community, loving the people that God has called us to love. You know, it says in Scripture, it reminds us that we should, as we have opportunity, do good to all people. And it says, especially to those who belong to the family of believers especially to those. It reminds us to not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. It reminds us of the importance of community, of loving people, of caring for the family of faith. It's important. It's important, number one, that we, we love Jesus, but it's important, number two, that we love people. We love the church. Together, the church is the body of Christ. It's moving forward. It's achieving the mission of God on earth as we understand we have a part to play. 
I'm incredibly thankful for our volunteers and the people that serve us so well week in, week out to help make church services happen. But even more than that, the people that are serving the church through every day of the week, loving people, caring for one another, praying for you, serving you in just practical ways to help the church be built up. See, we are better together. And when we understand that when we want to have the right spiritual equilibrium and the right balance, we need to understand God's called us to love Him and He's called us to love people. The third thing this morning is this. I love Jesus and the church, but I don't love the unbeliever. See, I love Jesus. He's great. I love my Christian friends. They understand me. They're nice to me. They smile at me on Sunday when they take their masks off. They are, they're great. I love my church family, but I don't want to get around those dirty unbelievers. But what about what Jesus has called us to do? To go out into all the world and make disciples. Now it would be easy in this season for the church to become self-absorbed in itself. To think about, hey, we've just got to survive as the church. we just got to look after just our people. But I think it's actually God that in a moment of opposition in our world, that there is opportunity that is knocking on the door of the church to reach new people. There are people that hearts are open, ready for God, and yet the church can find itself locked in its four walls and forgetting our purpose. God has called us to reach people. I was privileged just this week to have a, a Zoom call with a small group of leaders with Nikki and Pippa Gumble, who are absolute legends. They lead an incredible, thriving church in London, and they are the founders of Alpha. Has anybody heard of Alpha before? And they have a great church. They have great influence all over the world. And they were, we were asking them particular questions about discipleship. They're probably six months ahead of us in terms of church and, and their, their progress through this period of time. And so they were talking about how they've seen people coming back to church and discipleship and, and they were just asked about how is discipleship different now? And he, you know what Nikki said these words, he said, everything's changed, but nothing has changed. We're still called to make disciples in the same way we've always been called to make disciples. And it reminded me again that that commission that we've been given has not gone on pause during this period. God has called us more than ever to reach a world that feels hopeless with the hope of Jesus Christ. That's why we are going all in on Christmas this year. That's why we are reminding people that it's too good not to believe. That's why we are going so spectacular with all of our Christmas presentations because we have a reason to celebrate. We have a reason for hope, not just at Christmas time, but on every day. The hope of Jesus Christ has changed our lives. We have a great commission. So 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. In other words, find your footing again as a believer. Find your footing of faith again to understand, yeah, I love Jesus. I love the church. I love the unbeliever. That is a purposeful life that's moving forward 
in faith. When one of those things is out, we start to live dizzy and we lose our equilibrium. We lose our spiritual strength and purpose. God's called us to march forward in faith, not to hide away, but to move forward and understand God is with us and is working through us. So I want to look at a a key scripture this morning and then quickly talk about three things. I won't be long. Ephesians 1 verse 15. If you've got your Bibles, come with me there. Ephesians 1 verse 15 says this, For this reason, ever since I heard about your familiarity in the Lord, or your fear in the Lord, or your fragility in the Lord. No, ever since I heard about your faith, we are a believing people in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, the church, beyond that, the unbeliever. I have not stopped giving thanks to God for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. It's all about relationship. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you are called, the riches of His glorious inheritance to His holy people and His incomparably great power for us who believe that same power is the mighty strength that exerted when it raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority power and dominion and every name that is invoked not only in the present age but in the age to come so I think out of this passage it gives us some clear ways that we can live balanced and faith-filled lives. And the first one's this, number one, know the hope to which He has called you. Now, I think sometimes we study and we know the doubts in our lives. We know the things that aren't right. We know the problems. We know the worries. We know the concerns. We know the obstacles. We know the things that feel too hard. We know all of these things so well that we forget that we are people of hope that we are people that should know the hope that we, to which we are called. So yeah, it's great to know the facts, the problems, the obstacles, the things that we don't know. It's great to, to have an understanding of that and to not live in a delusional world. But when we let those things absorb us, we get distracted and forget what is most important, the hope that we have in Christ, what He has already done so that we live firmly with hope. I watched my son the other day try to get dressed for school and I think any parents would know this, how frustrating it is when you've asked a child to get dressed and they just take so long to do it. They're so distracted by watching the TV or a screen or whatever it is that they are just slowly going about their business. You feel like you've got to tell them about 10 times to get dressed. And this moment was happening when I was asking Cuba to get dressed and finally Out of fear, he starts getting dressed. And so I'm watching him. He starts to put on his undies as he's looking at the screen. Now, I'm just observing him doing this. He's put his undies on inside out and the wrong way around. And so he's putting that on, but not even looking at it, just continues to watch the screen, puts them on, and then goes to put his shorts on. I said, buddy, your undies are inside out, the wrong way around. He's like, oh, really? And like, no idea that that was happening. 
And I feel like that's kind of what happens to our spiritual lives when we are distracted. We start to put on things the wrong way around. We start to be worried, putting on worry and fear. We've got the, our hope inside out. We've got things that are not going on as they should. We're not clothed with the love of Christ. We're not building ourselves up as we should in faith. We're not living with the full armor of God. We've got things inside out. And I think we've got to remind ourselves we are people of hope. God's called us to live with an unshakable hope, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Scripture reminds us that we live with a hope that goes beyond this world. We live with a confidence that keeps us steadfast in every season. The problem is sometimes we, we don't know hope because we don't allow ourselves to meditate on hope. We don't fill our lives with hope. We fill our lives with all the other worries and fears that can sometimes take away our attention. You know, I read just this week that the Center for Bible Engagement, they, serve, they surveyed over 400,000 people and they discovered that if you don't read your Bible four times a week or more, you will not have any life change any differently in, in terms of making significant choices or decisions to a person that doesn't read the Bible at all. And it was a pretty sobering thing that we could be believers but be not filled with the Word. We could be believers but be not filled with the Spirit. We could be believers but be actually not plugging and connecting into God in a way where we live with hope. We spend so much time listening to the things of this world but we aren't people that originate from this world. We've now got a spiritual destination in heaven. We've got now got a spiritual connection that makes us outsiders in an inside world. That we should look different. That we live by faith. That we, our lives are different. We are people of hope. The second thing is this. Know the riches of His glorious inheritance to us. In other words, knowing what God will do. God is going to do incredible things in our life as we trust in Him. Now, here's some things that are confident and sure. Our eternity in heaven is secure. The riches of this world will come and go, but the spiritual riches that we have with our salvation in Jesus has changed the whole story of our life. Now, will we meditate on the riches of this world or will we meditate on what God has done? Now, it's great to have the riches of this world. That's fantastic. It's great to be able to have that and use those resources for kingdom purpose and to be a blessing and do all those things. Fantastic. But let's not forget whether you've got millions or you've got nothing. You are rich in Christ. You have received everything, all of us, one day, our lives will come to an end. I'm not telling you something that you don't know. I'm not trying to be somber this morning, but I'm just telling you the truth. One day, all of our lives on earth will end. So what have we been building on earth? Just our riches for this time in history? Or are we building a spiritual wealth in heaven? Understanding that we have received the riches of salvation that has changed our life. And therefore, we live with that. See, a, a few years ago, I got an inheritance from a superannuation company. 
um, from my, after my dad had passed away. And I remember after I spent some of that money that I, I'd got, I remember thinking to myself, this kind of hollow feeling like, oh, that's all gone now. It's done. It's, it's finished. And it felt yuck because it reminded me of what I'd received from my earthly dad and now it was gone. And I guess what's beautiful about our spiritual inheritance is it's never gone. It never runs out. The salvation that we have in Jesus has changed everything. It helps us to live strong and committed lives. And finally, this morning, know His incomparably great power to those who believe. You know what? We have access to power. It's like when you're a new creation, when you're a Christian, you are like a plug that needs to be plugged into power. And I think so many Christians run around as a plug, but we never actually connect to power. We never plug into the PowerPoint. We wear ourselves out. Our spiritual equilibrium is all over the place. We don't have balance. We don't have power. We don't have sustaining strength because we're oh, plugging into the news, oh, plugging into social media, oh, plugging into fear, plugging into worry. We're dizzy. The world's gone crazy. The world's... Hold on. God holds the world. Hold on. He holds me in the palm of His hand. Hold on. Hope is an anchor for my soul. Yeah, the world is rocking and shaking and moving, but I'm anchored to a sure foundation. His incomparable power is in me and working through me. Any obstacle that's in front of me has no chance against the power of God that is inside of me. Not just in this world, but in the world to come. It's the power and a confidence that overcomes the world. You know, just before I finish, it talks about power in this passage. And it uses three different words for power. When you look at the Greek words, it talks about working power, which is energy power, which means God is working. What are you believing for? That God's already working on. His energy power is working while you're sleeping. His energy power is moving while those thoughts of worry and fear are there, His energy power is working as we pray, as we focus on Him. It talks about His mighty power, which is power that overcomes resistance. So what are you worried about right now that's a barrier that seems too great in your natural strength? God's mighty power can overcome that resistance. God's mighty power can knock down that wall in a moment. God's mighty power can bring the super to your natural faith and do something beyond what you could ask, think, or imagine. Oh, but I can't do it. That's the point. There's a lot of teaching about believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. I understand what that means. That's great. But what I want to say to you this morning is believe in God. If you believe in God, you believe in yourself. Because if you believe in God, you believe in His power. Because yourself is limited. But His power, His strength working through you is unlimited. It talks about strength. And that talks about God's inherent strength to provide. Where's the lack? Where's the need in your life right now? You can't do it in the natural. But God's inherent 
strength can do it. His power is unlimited by your circumstances. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. Plug into the charger. Can I give you one last blow this morning? Smith Wigglesworth said these words. The reason the world is not seeing Jesus is that Christian people are not filled with Jesus. They are satisfied with attending meetings weekly, reading the Bible occasionally, and praying sometimes. It's an awful thing for me to see people who, are, who profess to be Christians lifeless, powerless, and in a place where their lives are so parallel to unbelievers' lives that it is difficult to tell which place they are in, whether in the flesh or in the spirit. It's a sobering statement. It's a hit to the heart for all of us. It's a reminder that we're not called to live from the natural. We're called to live stepping into the supernatural. People of faith, people that are plugged in to power. We're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We're not asking for a church of perfect people. But let's be people of faith. Let's say, you know what? God's given me one life. I don't want to waste it. I don't want to just go along living mundane and mediocre. I want to live the passionate faith journey adventure that God has for me. I don't know about you, but I know God has great plans ahead. Let's not fall asleep at the wheel. Let's live in faith. I'm a believer. I'm a believing believer. Are you with me this morning? Come on. Know the hope to which you were called. Know the riches of his godly inheritance that can't be taken away. And know the incomparably great power to those who believe. Would you stand with me this morning? Lord, I thank you. You've called us to be people of faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, where we've got dizzy, and we all have at times, where we've lost our way, Lord, and perhaps we've, We've forgotten our, our love for you. Perhaps we've just grown mediocre in our love for the church. Or, Lord, we've forgotten that there's a world outside our window to reach. There's, there's people that are unbelievers that need to know the message. Lord, I pray you'd, you'd remind us again of the call. Help us to live with faith and hope, Lord God. Understand that our hope is unshakable, Lord. It goes beyond this world. And because of that, we can live confidently and boldly. Lord Jesus, this morning, we recommit to you our trust. We put our hope and our dependence in you alone. And we thank you that you are our anchor. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I don't know whether you've made a decision to follow Jesus or not, but I'm going to pray a sinner's prayer this morning. I'm going to invite you to pray it with me as I pray. Let's recommit our hearts to Jesus, wherever you are. Let's put our faith in Jesus this morning. And maybe this is just a declaration for you. If you know what, I've just lived in my own strength. It's time for me to live in the strength of Jesus. So as I pray this prayer, why don't you repeat it after me? Dear Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. 
for my sins and mistakes, I'm sorry. I receive your love and forgiveness. Help me to live in faith, to serve you only. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's worship together as we finish this morning. Come on, let's lift our faith as we go into this week. Believe God to do miracles. God's not finished. God's just starting in your life. He's wanting to do things way above all that you can ask.